Amen. Appreciate it, James. Hey, as you're seated this morning, let me ask you a question. Uh, anybody had any trials or difficulties this past week? Why don't you slip a hand up real quick? All right. I know all you just started college. You're like, yes, every syllabus was a trial, right? How about this? Anybody had any temptations this week? You're like, there was a difficult situation. I was tempted. Not as many as I think there really were. All right. Why don't y'all be honest before Jesus? I'm, I'm not moving till you're honest. There's the honesty. All of you people. That's great, right? Well, here's what's unique, right? God actually wants to speak to you and I uh, in the midst of our trials and in the midst of our temptation. But what happens is we have to be prepared to hear from him. And that really is a vital message that we find in James chapter 1. Now, you remember, trials are, are God-given. God allows trials to come in our life uh, to prove our character. And then God also uh, allows temptation to come. Now, he doesn't tempt us. Uh, he's not tempted with evil himself, but he's sovereign. So when temptation does come, uh, he still has a word for us, and he wants us to grow. Now, here's the unique thing before we even read our text this morning. I want you to know about this. Uh, the Bible teaches us that you and I are saved by the word of truth. So we're not saved by baptism. We're not saved by joining a church. We are saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel comes forward, right, like seed being planted into the soil, and it causes us to be born again. In fact, the Bible tells us, Peter writing, that you are not born again with imperishable or perishable seed, but rather with uh, imperishable seed, the word of the living Lord. Now, here's what James teaches you and I. You and I are born again by God's Word. And then here's the awesome truth. All right, listen. You and I are born again by God's Word, but we also grow in our faith by God's Word. So God wants to speak to you in the midst of your trials and in the midst of your temptation so that you might grow in your faith. And that is true. God wants you to grow. Listen, God doesn't want you to grow old in Jesus God wants you to grow up in Jesus. And so every single follower of Jesus Christ really should be developing spiritually. You and I should be becoming uh, more and more mature in our faith. You know, my wife and I have been married for uh, however many years it's been, 14. I almost forgot she's right there staring hard. But anyway, so 14 years. And, you know, when we first got married, we knew each other. But now we really know each other. Y'all with me? Because we've kind of grown in our relationship with one another. And uh, we love each other more now than we did when we first were married, for the most part. And so we're <laughs> growing in that relationship. Well, that's the same thing. When you come into a relationship with Jesus, uh, you should know him more now than you did when you first met him. And you and I grow as we face trials. You and I grow as we face temptation. And you and I grow in the midst of those trials and temptations as we receive the Word of God. And you remember, right, James is writing to some Jewish believers. And these Jewish believers were facing great trials in their life. They were being persecuted for their faith, kicked out of their homes. They lost their jobs, lost family. Uh, many people were persecuted to the point of death for their faith. And now... God wants them to make sure that they are growing by the same word that caused them to be born again. So he wants you to do the same, just like he wants me. Now here's the deal. 
If we're going to grow in our relationship with the Lord, we've got to be prepared to receive God's Word. And so James teaches us four ways to receive the Word of God into our lives. So with that in mind, James chapter 1 in your Bibles, open with me. We'll look at verses 19 all the way through verse 25. James chapter 1 beginning in verse 19. And uh, if you'll stand with me and out of God's Word this morning. And you've got that in front of you, say yes. And uh, y'all stick with me. Verse 19. Uh, this you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to, what's your Bible say? And then slow to, and slow to, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, well, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror, and once he's looked at himself and gone away, he's immediately forgotten what kind of person he is. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Let's bow together. Father, we do thank you for uh, this great letter and God, we ask that we would receive uh, the truth into our lives, and that you would change us, and God, that you would speak uh, directly to the needs that are here today. God, there are some who still need to make a decision to follow you, speak to their hearts. There are also some, Lord, this morning uh, who are following you, but, but God, they've just not heard from you lately. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would open uh, the communication lines this morning. And that we will have come here realizing we've been in your presence. And that's in your holy name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. So you be seated. So four ways that you and I approach the word of God. Uh, here goes the very first way. Listen up. All right, listen up. It's pretty simple. Look at verse 19. He says, this you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear. Now the word quick is also translated in the Greek New Testament as swift. So be swift to hear. It's the same concept you and I use when we say, you know, ASAP, as soon as possible. So James is saying to these who are in the midst of trials and temptations, he's saying, as soon as you possibly can, be swift to hear what God has for you. And it's true, God has a word for all of us, and he wants us to be very swift to listen to it. Now, a disciple of Jesus Christ has an innate hunger for God's Word. If your faith is 24 karat, if it is genuine, you desire to know what God has to say. In fact, the Scripture teaches us that a person actually grows by the pure milk of God's Word. But listen closely now, and eyeball to eyeball. If you have no genuine desire in your heart to hear from God in His Word, then you don't really know God. See, when you come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ by the Gospel, you are changed. The Bible says, if any man be in Jesus Christ, he is a brand new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So when you are transformed by the power of the grace of Jesus, your life is changed. And you now have this desire that God himself placed in you for his word. And so if you have no desire for his word, there is a problem. You may not know Jesus. 
Because when you genuinely come to know him, he changes your life. Matter of fact, John MacArthur writes it like this. You show me someone who has no desire at all to be under the teaching of the word of God. And I'll show you someone who does not get the mark of being a true Christian. True believers run to hear the word of God. They long for the word of God. And they learn from the word of God. So it's true. If you know Christ, you long to hear his word. Now that begs the question, how does God speak to us? How does God speak to you? Well, there's a few ways. All right, Here's the one way God speaks to you. He speaks to you through the Bible. Now here's what's awesome. God wrote a book. It's called the Bible. And he gave that to you and I so that we might grow in our faith. I, I mentioned it to you earlier. Let me just kind of give you this verse out of First uh, Peter. Like newborn babes long for the pure milk of God's word so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Now, you know, Brandon, Roney, and Jancy, uh, he's our student pastor here that just had a child. And I guarantee you, the reason they know that child is alive is because that child's hungry every single day. And the way that you know you are alive to God is that you are hungry. You have this desire for His Word. And God speaks to you through His Word, through the Bible. So let me ask you, are you disciplining yourself to spend time in the Word of God? Do you have a time set aside perhaps near the day where you sit down with Jesus and you open up his word and you say, God, I'm ready. Speak to me. Are you listening up when it comes to God speaking to your heart? Now, this is a personal discipline in my life. And not everybody disciplines themselves the same exact way. But about a few years ago, I began to plan out an entire year, uh, which I just called a kind of a spiritual growth track. So I would just lay out January through December, areas that I wanted to focus on every couple of months so that I could grow in my relationship with Jesus. I realized that I'm a husband. I realized that I'm a father. I realized I'm a pastor. And so I say, all right, Lord, I want to grow in these areas of my life. And so I began to look through God's Word and say, all right, Lord, I want to focus on this uh, particular book, God, in that month, this book, in this month. Man, it just helps me stay on track. It helps me grow. Matter of fact, right now, I, I had a goal to become a more loving husband, right? And uh, I know Krista's shocked. She probably thinks that can't happen, all right? But, it, but I really did. I want to grow in my, my walk with the Lord and display Jesus to her. And so I began to uh, read Song of Solomon. That was what I'm reading this month. And God said, y'all all right with Song of Solomon? Somebody said, when are you going to preach through that book? I said, when I'm 80. <laughs> but it's an awesome book, so it's helping me. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but when I read God's Word, I want to read it with a pen uh, I mean, I've got a journal. I'm writing down what God's teaching me. And I'm not only doing that, I like to write out my prayers. You know, I uh, typically have a difficult time really staying concentrated in prayer. And I have found, for me, it helps if I just write my prayers out. So I just write them out word for word. And, man, it's an amazing concept. But God speaks to my heart. Now, you may think, well, you're a preacher, so you come to church, and probably the first thing you do on Monday morning is have, you know, your personal devotion or a quiet time. Well, listen, I don't do that. I actually do it at the house. So I, I don't do this because I am a preacher. I do this because I love Jesus. And I actually did this before I ever became a preacher. Uh, this is just something that helps me. It keeps me motivated. keeps me going. You know, somebody came to me not long ago and said, Levi, man, you're still excited to be at Concord. I mean, I see that in your heart. Well, you know, I'm excited to be at Concord. But what really excites me is just my relationship with Jesus. And so as I'm growing in my relationship with Jesus, I'm just going to be fired up about what he's doing. And so, man, I want you to grow in your faith. But you cannot grow the way God wants you to grow apart from His Word. 
He speaks to you through the Scripture. So if you aren't disciplining yourself to get into the Word of God, then I want to challenge you to do that. You might just plan out the rest of this year. Uh, we're in August now. Go all the way to December. Just say, in August, here's what I want to focus on. Here are the books of the Bible that I want to read. And if you're brand new starting out, start out like I did. When I first started out, I'm like, there's 66 books in this thing. There's a lot of pages. Y'all with me on that? And this doesn't even have the notes in it. This is just straight up the Word. But I've discovered uh, what helped me was just to start with the small books. Y'all, y'all all right with that? So I just started in Jude. I'm like, I'm not that chapter out in no time. You know what I'm saying? I, but then I just progressively went through, man, and it just helped me as I sought to grow my faith. So I would encourage you, if you're not doing that, do something so that you are spending time in the Word of God. God speaks to you through His Word. But then also we know God speaks to us through God-called preachers. God-called preachers. Now this is huge, right? Not every preacher is God-called, but those who are God-called, God speaks through them. And I'll tell you, as a discipline in my life, I make it a point to try to listen to one good sermon every single week. One good sermon every week. I would hope that would be your uh, heart as well, that you'd at least listen to one good sermon every week. If you don't get it here, you can listen to them online. Y'all all right? But you, you need to be listening to preaching. And this helps me grow. You know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Bible also says how will they hear unless they have a preacher? And so I want to listen to preaching. I want to listen to preaching that's going to stir my heart, that's going to challenge me. I want to listen to preaching that's going to really put me on the spot about sin and show me what God's Word is teaching me to do. These are ways that I grow as a follower of Jesus. God speaks to me through His Word, and God speaks to me through God-called preachers. But then also I want you to know God speaks to you and I through the Holy Spirit. As soon as you come to faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in your life. And now you and I are called by God to listen to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And so what we do is we take God's Word and we allow it to richly dwell in our heart. And I kind of give you a word picture here. You take the Word of God and you download it to the hard drive of your heart. And then when you face temptation and trial, the Holy Spirit will actually click on His Word in your heart and bring it to your mind. See, there are times in my life when I'm facing situations when all of a sudden Scripture will come to my mind. Where's that coming from? It's coming from the Holy Spirit within me. And the Holy Spirit also, He he guides us. He teaches us. He trains us. He guides us by being an umpire of our heart. He guides us by giving us peace in our life. And that may be you today, man. You, you don't know exactly which way to go, what steps to take. And so you're praying and seeking the Lord and through His Word. And you're praying and saying, God, I just need to know which direction to go. Give me peace if I'm going in the right direction. And I've prayed like that many times. And there are times when I step out to go where God wants me to go. And man, He overwhelms me with peace. And then there are times I'm not real sure if I'm going in the right direction. But I kind of take a step there. And that's, if that's not the way, the Holy Spirit within me begins to throw up red flags. And the Holy Spirit begins to give me an uneasiness in my heart, a check in my spirit. And then I begin to pause and uh, hang out for a moment. So listen, that's how God speaks to you. Are you growing in your faith? Like I said earlier, God's not called you to grow old in Jesus. He's called you to grow up in Jesus. And if you're going to experience that, you experience that by listening up as God speaks to you through His Word. By listening up as God speaks to you through the preaching of His Word. And by listening up as God speaks to you through the Holy Spirit who is living inside of you. So listen up. That's the first step in hearing from God. Listen up. Here's the second step. Simmer down. Simmer down. 
Now, I want you to see this because it's a pretty awesome concept here. Verse 19, again, he's like, My beloved brethren, everyone must be quick to hear and then slow to speak and slow to anger. Now, let's give it a little context here. James is writing to those who are undergoing great trials for their faith. Many of them are extremely quick to share with everybody else what they think is going on. James says, simmer down. Don't talk so much. Matter of fact, James is going to tell us as we read and study the book of James that not every single person should desire to be a teacher. So he says, simmer down. Don't speak out on your personal opinions so much. And as you face a trial, just as they would have in these particular days, oftentimes you can become angry at what's going on. And sometimes you get angry at God. And sometimes you even tell the Lord, Lord, I'm mad at you. can't believe you've allowed this to occur in my life. I can't believe you allowed this to happen in my marriage or to my children or at work. And so as a result, anger begins to fill your soul. And when anger begins to take over, you become resentful. You become bitter. And before you know it, you not only cannot stand to hear from God, but you don't even want to hear from God's people. Now, eyeball to eyeball, let's just shoot straight. Y'all with me say yes? But you know, there are some people who quit coming to church and they blame it on the fact that they got mad at somebody at church. But, but I want you to see something, all right? Typically what happens is a person gets mad at the Lord because something didn't happen the way they thought it should have. And because... They don't want to be around what God's doing. They'll roll off from God's people. And they'll ignore God's people. But often it's an evidence of the fact they're just ignoring God. Are y'all still out there saying yes? So they become uh, angry. And James says, simmer down. Listen, you can't get angry at God because God didn't tell you to do exactly what you thought he said to do. You can't get angry at God because he's decreed in his word how you should live and how you shouldn't live. Listen, if you are born again into the family of God, you've got a new dad, and it's God. And God reserves the right to tell you exactly what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. And you and I can't get angry about it because whenever we become angry and we are quick to speak, listen, what happens is we put a guard between us and the Lord, and it keeps us from actually hearing Him. See, God wants you to listen up. God wants you to simmer down. Matter of fact, he says that the anger of man, it does not achieve the righteousness of God. In other words, listen, you cannot live a God-glorifying, God-honoring life if you're angry at the Lord. And I would say to some of you this morning, you're in church and I'm fired up that you're here, but some of you are angry at God. Some of you feel like God's given you a raw deal. Some of you perhaps feel like the Lord has turned his back on you and as a result, you become extremely ill at him. Listen. God overwhelmingly loves you. And I know maybe it seems like he doesn't uh, express that love the way you want him to right now. Know this. He will move heaven and earth to speak to your heart. But you cannot sit there bitter, angry, and resentful. Because if you do, you are closing your ears to God. James says, listen up. James says, simmer down. And then the third reality is, he says, clean up. Clean up. Now notice verse 21 in your Bible. Therefore, put, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. Now, I bought, I bought real quick. This idea of putting something aside means to take off old garments. 
It's the idea of taking off something that should not be there. So that's the imagery that James is using. And he says you need to take off filthiness. Now, interesting, that word filthy, uh, filthiness in the Greek culture was a medical term to describe earwax in a person's ear. Y- y- y'all out there? So if you think about it, what James is saying is saying, listen, uh, God wants to speak to you, but you've got to listen up, you've got to simmer down, you've got to clean up. Some of you can't hear God because you got so much earwax in your ear. Clean out your ears. So this means we approach God's Word, we approach God's preaching, we approach the Holy Spirit with repentance in our heart, confession in our heart, and contextually, this would speak about those who become angry and bitter at God. He's like, clean out your ears. He's speaking, but you can't hear. And you may be coming to church every single Sunday, and you're like, I don't, I don't hear from God. Clean your ears out. I don't hear the Lord. Listen, you may just have earwax in there, sin built up, and you become bitter. You need to repent. And when you turn from that sin and come to God's throne of grace, He will, by grace, wash out your ears and speak what He has a desire to speak. And we listen. Now, James wants to cover all his bases here. So he says, clean your ears out. And then he's like, and everything else that has to do with wickedness. Y'all out there say, yeah. So it's like he comes narrowing in on the ears. And he says, clean those out. Oh, yeah. And by the way, in case I hadn't you know, mentioned anything, let me just say it like this. Take off all wickedness. See, wickedness is uh, sin. It's depravity. And if you and I fall into temptation and we give ourselves to sin and sin starts telling us what to do, then we are allowing sin to keep us from hearing from God. But God wants to speak to you. So listen, don't just cling your ears out. That's step one. But also get rid of all wickedness. Now, you may be thinking, all wickedness? How in the world would I do all of that? I can't remember everything that I've ever done. I can't remember all of these sins. And man, you'll wring your hands. Listen, here's what the Bible says. Uh, If we confess our sin, He is just and faithful to forgive us of our sins. Listen to this. And forgive us from all unrighteousness. In other words, God knows your heart. So when you humble yourself before God and you say, Lord, clean out my ears. Lord, I want to take off these garments of wickedness. Even if you can't remember every single thing you've got on, God sees your heart and He'll take care of all of it. It's a great promise of the Lord. You've got to clean up. Hey, let me ask you this question. This may uh, throw you off a little bit. What's the last thing God told you to do? Now, don't shout it out if you think of anything, but if you're sitting there and you say, well, I can't think of anything, then look at the preacher. You need to clean up. It's not that God's not speaking. It's that we're not listening. Y'all all right? Ain't it true? I mean, let's be straight up, right? Did y'all really just come to hear like a little sermon but not actually hear from God? I mean, how boring. You know, you think about preaching, you know, and it's true, man. Or don't they call it foolishness in the Bible? Isn't it? Y'all all gathered together to look at me stand up here behind this little pul- pulpit to preach? This is crazy stuff. 
But there's something in us that says, you know what, I think God speaks to us through preaching. Let's go a little step further here because James says it like this. In humility, and listen, whenever you're confessing sin and you're getting cleaned up, there's no doubt that's a humble heart. He says, receive the word implanted. Now, notice the word received. It, it is a, a word of hospitality. So you've got to kind of get the imagery like this, okay? The word of God, what he desires to speak, if I can kind of personify that for a minute, it's like coming to your house and God's word is knocking on the door of your house, your heart. And you and I have to clean up and be hospitable to His Word and welcome His Word into our life. That's the imagery here that James is giving us. You know, Krista and I you know, have our front door, we've got our side door, and at both of those doors we've got mats on the ground. And so, you know, if, you, if you're coming to our house, you know what we're going to do? We're going to clean the place up. We're going to clean up ourselves. And then when you come to the front door, you're, you're going to see a mat there that says, Welcome. But we want you to clean your feet. Welcome. Y'all with me? But it's the idea here that, that this is what we do with God's Word. We want to lay out the welcome mat for the Word of God and just say, Welcome. Come into my life. And when you allow God's Word to come into your life, in the same way God's Word calls you to be born again, God's Word will continue to plant seed in your life to bear spiritual fruit. Look, your life is a garden, and God is the one tending it, and He wants that garden to be productive. So we've got to make sure there's no weeds in the, play, in the area, and we've got to make sure the ground is furrowed up, burrowed up, so that He can plant what He desires. God wants to speak to you. Welcome His Word into your life. And then He says that it's able to save your souls. Now, this is interesting, right? Eyeball to eyeball for a second, because it'll give you a little theology. Y'all with me? When the Bible teaches of, teaches of salvation, it, it actually speaks of salvation in three tenses. We have been saved, we are being saved, we will be saved. So have been saved. That's the past tense. If you ask me, Levi, have you been saved? I'd say, yeah, I was saved when I was seven years old and I understood the gospel and I repented of my sin and gave my life to Jesus. That was the day I was saved. And then you might say, well, Levi, um, what were you saved from? Well, I was saved from the penalty of sin, which was death and hell. So that's what I deserve, that's what you deserve, but when you are saved by the gospel, then you're saved from that penalty. Now watch this, but the Bible also teaches the fact that I am going to be saved. Now that's future. When the Bible teaches when Jesus comes for his own, that we will be saved, listen to this, not from the penalty of sin, we're already saved from that. But when he comes in the future to save me, he's going to save me from the presence of sin. See, right now, I've still got this massive battle with sin going on in my life. Y'all got that happening? Well, one day when Jesus comes to save me, I'm going to be saved from that battle. Now, watch this. I would also tell you I've not only been saved, and not only am I going to be saved, but also I am being saved. Being saved. It means that we're being saved from the power of sin. So while I've still got this massive battle with sin, God's Word implanted in my life is able to save my soul giving me the strength to overcome sin 
See, you and I can experience salvation every single day. Now, we don't get born again every single day, but what happens is we are being sanctified. We are growing in our faith, and we are allowing God's Word to be planted in our life. And as we do, it is able to save our souls. It keeps us from sin. Now, I wrote it in the flyleaf of my Bible a long time ago, and it always comes to my mind. But uh, sin will keep you from the Word of God, or the Word of God will keep you from sin. Sin will keep you from the Word, or the Word will keep you from sin. What an awesome truth. Not only does God want to save you, past tense, but God wants to continue to save you from the power of sin. He doesn't just want to save you so you can come into the family. He wants to get to know you. He wants to grow in relationship with you. He wants to show you more of who he is. But we've got to make sure we are listening up. We've got to make sure that we are clean up, that we are simmered down. So we can hear from God. And God has a word for every person undergoing a trial. God has a word for every person undergoing a temptation. So we got to listen up. we got to simmer down. And then I'll give you the last thing here just because I love it. After you clean up, you move out. Look at verse 22. Verse 22, move out. The Bible says, prove yourselves to be doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. Now, you know, most people in James, when they quote James, they remember this right here, right? It's like, don't just listen to the word, do it. And we can quote that real well, right? But here, this idea of proving yourselves means to show yourself to be someone who actually does what Jesus says to do. If we don't, listen, if we listen to preaching all the time and we go to Bible studies and we listen to all these factual, uh, intellectual talks about the Bible, but we don't do what it says, we are fooling ourselves. We are wasting our time. And I really do, I want to be a part of a church that's like, hey, uh, the Bible says we should do this. I think we ought to do it. What do you think? Matter of fact, let's practice that. I'm going to say something, and y'all just respond. Blind faith. Y'all with me? Hey, Jesus says we ought to do this. What y'all think? You think we ought to do it? Yeah, so it's not just, hey, Jesus said to do that. Don't you think that's interesting? I think that's interesting. What, what, what do you think was going on? What do you think Jesus had in his mind? Well, I'll tell you what I think he had. Well, what do you... Have you ever noticed some people can sit around and they can talk about the Bible? And I remember being in seminary. Man, we do that. We get around. We just talk about it. But nobody ever did it. We're fooling ourselves if we read the Word of God and don't do what He says to do. And we're not growing. We're missing out on the Lord. Look at verse 23. He's like, if anyone's a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror... And once he's looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person that he was. Now, James here is using this imagery of looking into a mirror. And he's, he's really using the idea of uh, just a quick glance, all right? So just a fleeting glance in the mirror. You know, every single one of us looked in a mirror probably this morning whenever you left to come to church. Uh, some of you were fleeting when you looked in. I can tell you were fleeting. That's the, that's the imagery here. Some people, they look in the mirror fleetingly and they forget what they look like. But remember, he's using this as an analogy of people who are fleeting by the Word of God. Fleeting by preaching of the Word. And then they run out and listen and forget what was taught. And why is it that people forget what has been taught by God's Word? It's because there is something unique about 
applying God's word that actually helps you remember God's word. (laughs) That was worth the trip right there. When you apply what God's word says, you will have a unique ability to remember what it says. You know, I run into some men, and man, I, you know, I'm a man, so I understand where you're coming from. And some men are like, well, I try to read the Bible. I just can't remember what it says, man. I just don't know what's going on. Just do what little bit you read. You'll be shocked how much you remember. But the reason we forget is because we give it a fleeting glance. We don't apply it. Verse 24, one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, that it remains in it, does it, uh, not having become a forgetful here, but an effectual door, this man will be blessed in what he does. Now look eyeball to eyeball, because he's giving a, a comparison here. He's saying there are some who are fleetingly looking at the word, but then there are some, and I love it. He says, look intently into the word. That same word, look intently, is used to describe the disciples' attitude when they looked into the empty tomb. They looked in with intensity. They looked in and they studied the place. They realized Jesus is not here. Here's that head wrapping. Here's what's going on. What's happened there? Studying the empty tomb. And so the idea now, James says, when you look intently into God's Word and you study it and you apply what God's Word teaches, you will be blessed. Hey, here's a question. Let's get a show of hands. I'm about to close it out. Y'all with me? Uh, how, how many people in the house want to be blessed? It's like, oh, I'm, I'm down. Let me get in line for that one. If you, if you want to be blessed, do what God tells you to do when he speaks. That's how you're blessed. You want to get in line for being blessed? Get in line for being obedient to Jesus. When he speaks to you, do it. Apply it. Listen, man, every one of us face trials, we face temptations. And whenever we do, God wants to speak a word into our life. So we've got to listen up, we've got to simmer down, we can't let anger, bitterness, and resentment toward God or anyone else keep us from hearing from the Lord. We've got to clean up, get our ears clean, get those filthy garments off. And then, in that moment, when God speaks, we say, okay, and we do what he says. That man's blessed. That woman's blessed. The obedient one. Amen on that. I'm down with that passage. That is awesome. Let's bow together. Father, in Jesus' name, how grateful we are for your word. And I ask that you would speak to hearts even now. Your heads bowed, your eyes closed, nobody's looking.